what's going on, Refill Team Fairchild? You guys know how this works. The goal of this podcast is to help bring people together. Whether it's stories of triumphs and success, or even stories of a little bit of failure or hardship, we share them all. Because by doing so, we help connect each other to one another. And that's really what this podcast is all about. So let's go ahead and get this episode started. All right, refuelies, we're going to offload another episode today. Today we have Sergeant Godoy from EO, Sergeant Fields from Fuel Cell, who also used to be my NCYC here at the Professional Development Center. And also we have Sergeant Hardwig. I couldn't remember if I said people's first names or not, so then I had to think back. I'll let you guys go ahead and introduce yourselves. But we're here this month to talk about Pride Month, right? Is that why? Yes, ma'am. We do have PAF, which is... Pride Alliance at Fairchild? Yes. All right. So go ahead and just introduce yourselves. Yes. Yeah, so I'm Sergeant Godoy from the EO office. I've been here at Fairchild for about almost four years. And we started the club, all three of us started the club last year. It was something that I think the community really wanted and needed. So we definitely took the feedback from the community and decided to make this club. Awesome. Yeah. I can't follow that. I'm Erin Fields. I work over at MXS, Fuel Cell by Trade. I was the Professional Development Center NCOIC up here, and I miss it a lot. (laughs) But yes, we're here to talk about Pride Month. It's a great, great program. We've had a lot of help, a lot of great interaction with the community here at Fairchild. Like Sergeant Godoy said, it was something that was part of conversations a lot that I was around and I just randomly called Sergeant Godoy one day. I was like, hey, what's going on with this? And she said, let's start a club. I said, cool, let's do it. And and we did. It was that, that easy. And so we pitched it. Sergeant Hardwig was uh, at the first meeting and he came running down the <laughs> base theater aisles and was like, how can I help? And it just, that's how it stemmed. And that's where it's, that's where it's blossomed from. It's, it's been a good time. I'm Sergeant Hardwig. I'm over at AMXS. I'm a crew chief by trade. I was there at the first meeting, like uh, Sarnfield said. We were talking about all the different clubs that we have on base, and she and Sergeant Godoy briefed it. And like she was saying, I was super excited because I've been involved in organizations like this in the past and wanted to be involved with this one because it's something that's really near and dear to my heart. So have you guys seen this at other bases? And that's kind of why, I mean, Fairchild, I don't know how many other bases have a robust club club hub, I think is what they call it. And it seemed like a, when did you guys go ahead and get the the ball rolling with Sergeant Begg? Um, So I've, I mean, I've seen that other bases, they have Pride Alliance as a private org, but here at Fairchild specifically, we have the Fairchild One, which is the private org and all these clubs that fall underneath it. And yeah, Sergeant Begg, um, she just solicited for any clubs and anybody that wants to have a club. It was just like perfect timing because we were getting people wanting that club and Sergeant Begg was asking for uh, people that wanted to establish a club. And that's how we ultimately came with this club. Okay. So I know it's a touchy subject for some people, LGBTQ plus community. Are any of you guys members or is that the right word even to use? Or how, how do you, how do you define does that make I think you guys know what I'm trying to say. So for me, I identify as a gay man. I'm married to a man. We've uh, been married since 2018. 
We've both been in the military over 10 years each. Um, he's about to get out. He's been in 10 years. I've been in just about 12 years. Okay. So definitely seen a lot of changes in the military as far as policy goes. Was a member during Don't Ask, Don't Tell. I saw the repeal of that and then kind of saw as things got approved, kind of taken back and just some of the, a lot of the changes that have happened over the last almost 12 years. Okay. So I, I identify as part of the community. I also identify as part of the community. I wouldn't say that I'm lesbian or gay or anything. Like people ask me, I'm, like, I'm just Jay. You know, you fall in love with who you fall in love with. I didn't, it just ha- organically happens. But yeah, I am married to a woman, my wife, Nakai, and I have kids. And um, yeah. I just, I was thrown off how you ended just, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else to say. So you, should I say it again? No, you're good. No, you're good. Oh, okay. So me, I, I identify as uh, a LGBTQ plus ally. Uh, I, I identify as a straight female. I am married to a straight male. But uh, somehow, some way, uh, I've always been sought out as, as kind of an ally. Just uh, a lot of friends, family members, uh, like Sergeant Hardwig. I was part of the Don't Ask, Don't Tell. And uh, it's kind of bittersweet now because one of the interesting questions that I would ask uh, a lot of our F-techers was, hey, who here knows about Don't Ask, Don't Tell? And majority of them would not raise their hands. So in a way, it's, it's neat that enough time has lapsed to where they didn't have to go through that. They didn't have to suffer through it. Uh, but at the same time, it's, it's a little disheartening not knowing the struggles that the individuals and airmen before them had to kind of deal with. So, Yeah, that's true. I think, Jay, were you in during all this as well? I was not. So I came in 2014. Okay. And it was probably, the, from, what I, from what I remember, I think it was just a couple months that sexual orientation became a protected category in the military. So all of that, I didn't, I was not there for that, which is fortunate for me that I didn't have to experience that because I probably wouldn't have joined. I just came in blind eyed and, you know, I just fell into this. And thankfully at that time it was accepting. Oh yeah. Cause Matthew, you came in when it was still going on. Aaron and I have definitely been in a, a little while. So we remember cause for those listeners that don't know what Don't Ask, Don't Tell is, that was a time where anyone that fell into this category was not able to tell people about their sexual preferences. And if they did, they would be kicked out of the military because there was no room in our military at the time for individuals of same-sex relationships. Actually, in 20, right before it ended, I had a friend and we knew that she was gay and she had been dating another member in the military. She was, she used that as an out to get out of the military. She's a single mom at the time, and she was able to finally be herself and just admit to everyone, hey, I'm, I'm gay, I'm lesbian, and I'm tired of having to hide it, and the fact that you want me to while I'm in the military, I don't want to be, do this anymore, and she got out. So I did see, I did see some, I never saw anyone personally get kicked out, but I do know people were able to use that as an avenue because I know at some po- point, and I, my friend actually just posted it on her Facebook page, um, that this was the first time in a long time in the history of her being in the military that she was very sad because there's just been a lot of negativity surrounding Pride Month. This, And I think there's always the negative jeers. Um, how do you guys handle that when you 
have the negativity thrown your way. Matthew? (laughs) So it's funny you bring that up. Last year was our first official event as PATH, and we had a color run that we did, and the public affairs did a piece about it. They kind of took a bunch of pictures and everything like that and posted on the official Fairchild page. And like you brought up, there's always going to be a lot of negative feelings and things towards that. One of the things that I think we're responsible for as people identify as part of this community is to maintain the, like the, up, I wouldn't say upper hand, but more of the, we have to keep our cool about us to not give the people that are trying to detract from us more ammunition. So I basically had a conversation, tried to educate and things like that, try to have an open dialogue and maintain professionalism throughout the whole thing because it was in essence an official communication because it was on an approved social media that the wing hosts. So just trying to be the good example. And then unfortunately the individual that we, I was having a conversation with, they devolved into name calling and things like that. And the whole thing ended up getting taken down because of some comments that the other person said. So that kind of got frustrating and I understand where they came from, but it's, we're always having to fight a lot harder to kind of have a seat at the table and just to be who we are. And one of the things that I get asked a lot, especially around this time of year is why do we feel that this is important? Why do we have an organization such as PATH or why does the military have this as a special observance? And I think a lot of that goes down to is we need to, I'm happy that these FTAC individuals that are coming through don't know about Donut's Tale, don't know about the things that we went through to have an equal seat at the table. That makes me happy because it means that those of us that have been in long enough or those that came before us have done their part. And I'd I'd love to see it someday where this isn't a topic where we don't have to have these conversations, but we can just celebrate who we are for being ourselves. Um, I think the club itself, I think it's really important right now for the community because the club path is really important for the community because some people, I mean, I wouldn't say it's a small community, but it is something, it's hard, right? Like I'll use myself for an, for example, my family was not accepting of this, of me being gay. I didn't actually, I think my mom always kind of knew, but I didn't actually vocalize that to her or come out to her until I was really my first year in the Air Force and I was like 25 years old. When your own family doesn't sometimes accept you and people around you are not as accepting or you just feel scared and feel that you're going to be judged or be looked at differently, you do kind of need that community that is that does relate to your experiences and has gone through that and does know how you, they do know how you feel. They do know what to do, that it's going to be okay. Cause I remember when I was in that place, I was in a really dark place where I was just like, it's not even okay to be myself. It was very depressing because if, you know, if your own family members don't accept you, those are the people that love you. It's, it's just a scary thing to do to come out. Um, so I think our club is definitely needed and something that, People can feel welcomed, can feel safe, can feel like they have someone to talk to, have someone that they can relate to. I think our community comes in so many different shapes, looks, right? Different labels, different 
people people identify differently in our community, but I think at the end of the day, we know what that other person's coming or the struggles that they have to just be themselves. So I think that's something that we can provide to people as a club. It's just a safe place. Thanks. And on that same note, when we're talking about having the support systems and things like that and people that know us, it's also really important to have our our allies identify as straight or heterosexual. It's extremely important to have those allies as well because they are kind of, I wouldn't say outsiders, but they have had a different life experience and it's always good to be surrounded with people that have had different experiences to kind of be like, hey, does this check with you? Or just to show that it's not just people within our community that support us, that the others are also supportive in that same token. Yeah. Yeah, so it was, it was slow starting. Everything happened quick. Uh, I think we submitted our paperwork end of May last year and then June snuck up on us and then we're like, holy cow, what are we going to do? And then we just did stuff and we had people just kind of come out of the woodworks and it was fantastic. It was fantastic. And it's, it's one of those things where, for me, you know the basics, gay, lesbian, but the community, there's, there's so many different variants and different personalities and different way people live and love. And it's, 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 a, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. Our community is, is super awesome here at Fairchild in downtown. One of the things that I found really interesting through this whole process, especially when we created the organization here, is just the demographic of people. Yeah. So you've, you'll notice that there's a lot more younger generation, like airmen that have been in one, two, maybe three years. There's a lot more of them that are very vocal about their sexuality. Like it's, they're not hiding anything. They're not saying like, oh, I'm just Jay. They use it as, they're very open. Like they're not hiding anything. And then you have those people that have been in longer that they will say they'll very they're hide who they are just because it's what we had to do for the longest time yeah so it's definitely been interesting kind of culture change since i've been in the military how many people are in your guys's or how many people are in path right now do you have a a head count so loosely we we kind of operate because it happened during COVID also which was kind of a pain in the butt so we operated solely off of Facebook and Facebook Messenger and stuff like that. And I haven't looked recently, but we had a, we had at least About 50. Yeah. We might, we might be up over a hundred now, but yeah, our, our Facebook page blew up. We kind of have an Instagram that we don't really <laughs> keep up on, but yeah. So I, I think we just kind of need to get back into that and people were starting to communicate and we were trying to plan things off base, but again, COVID threw a wrench into that, but we were trying to do breakfasts, 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 breakfast, breakfast dates. Um, the one we did do, we went to a drag brunch and then we went uh, thrift shopping. There was, I think, seven or eight of us that did that. It was, it was a good time. What else? Uh, well, we got in contact recently with the Odyssey Youth Movement downtown. Um, they're basically an organization that helps teenagers that are part of the community. They give them a place to go after school, after hours, uh, to just like a safe place to relax, to just hang out, um, which I think is awesome because I was kicked out of my home when I came out to my to my mom. So, and I came out to my mom numerous times, but that I guess that maybe that's for another day. But when I first came out, uh, yeah, I was kicked out. So that would have been, 
nice to have a place to go, a safe place, you know, for food, sure. hang out. I guess we can cover that too with yeah, PATH. When we were going through the the parameters and uh, the group and community that we wanted to reach out to, we really didn't have an age limit. So it's it's not just active duty, it's civilian, it's um, young airmen, older airmen, kids, just anybody within the community that has access to us or a Facebook, like we are willing to communicate with you. So uh, the only kind of stipulation we came up with is if it's somebody under 18 that they are escorted or accompanied by, by an adult um, that they feel safe with. But other than that, yeah, PATH is, is, it's for everybody. Nice. I, I'm going to ask a question because I usually like to ask everyone who comes on this, this podcast this question. Um, this might be a little bit harder. I don't know. Um, but do you guys mind sharing a challenging time? It could be actually within your time in the Air Force. So I've got a really good one for this. So I was actually outed prior to the repeal of Donuts Don't Tell. It was a very interesting time, especially being maintenance myself. There was an individual in the shop that found out and basically said, told everyone, hey, this individual is gay and I can prove it. And basically went around telling everybody. And it was during the time that Donuts Hotel was being talked about being repealed, but it wasn't actually repealed or anything like that. I had a lot of really good, so kind of a little off topic, but it was a challenging time at that point, not knowing what my future was going to be like being in the military for yeah. a very short period of time. But then I had some really good leadership that stood up for me and basically said, hey, you know, this person is like, they're good. We're going to fight to keep them because they knew that the policies were dis being discussed about being changed. So they kind of delayed everything as it goes to not have to process a uh, discharge or anything like that. But during that time when I didn't know what it was, um, it was a really dark time for me. It was definitely suicidal. I actually had a suicide attempt during that period. So it was very challenging. And then I had organizations around that maybe weren't in official capacity like we have now with PATH because it was a very veiled organization, but they reached out and were able to provide support and kind of helped to bring me back and stabilized and gave me resources and then helped me through the process as Donuts Don't Tell was changing. And then thankfully I had, was able to stay. And then with that, it was interesting to see as soon as it repealed, there was at least three people in my squadron that came out the day it repealed. So it was definitely a very interesting time to be in the military. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Cause yeah. that, that's, I didn't know, I didn't know all of that. So I know I don't know you too well yet and I'm sure I'm going to get to know you as, as a friend <laughs> much better soon. Uh, for those of you that have heard of ALA Air Power Leadership Academy, Matthew is currently in our third class. So mm -hmm. it's been cool getting to, to know him. How did it feel when you saw three other people immediately come forward and ad, uh, not admit, that's not the right word, but be able to tell people who they really were? It was interesting because there was a lot of the murmurs and things like that, the rumors saying like, oh, I bet this person's going to come out or whatever. But it was nice to see somebody being authentically them and not having to worry about hiding it anymore and just you could see a drastic change of people because they didn't have this massive weight being held over them anymore. They could just take that baggage and drop it off and not have to worry about hiding 
and it was very liberating for some people. And it was really, it was really touching to see that change. Were any of you scared or nervous that you know of? Yes. There was a lot of people that were nervous about it because being maintenance, there's a certain way you're supposed to act and you're supposed to be like macho and all those things. And like, it's definitely a very different culture than other careers are. So that aspect was definitely scary to worry about being accepted in the career after you were, you came out really. Did you ever see that guy again that outed you? We worked together for a very long time. Yuck. It was, it was, uh, it was a fun time. Mm. And then you mentioned, Sergeant Godoy, that you came in after. Uh, obviously, you didn't have to worry about parts of that, but were there any challenges for you? Honestly, not anything that I, not anything, I guess, that was as challenging as before coming in. I came in when I was 25. So, no, thankfully for me, people were pretty accepting. I don't know, I guess something that I just always didn't like, and this was something before I got in and when I got in, is just people sexualizing my relationship with my whoever, my partner. It's, it. I don't know, that's something that still bugs me today is when people don't see it as equal as a heterosexual relationship. No, my love towards my wife is just as equally, just as equal as any anyone else's, right? And I don't know, that's just something, some challenges, even just small things now that I see very small things, but if this is like the only thing I complain about, I think we're moving in this, in the right direction. It's just like, I'll see, I've seen where I go to a function and someone that was sitting next to me, their spouses will say like, and I'm just making up a name, Mrs. Smith, John, Mrs. Smith, there we go. right? The other person's partner. And, you know, I went there and my wife's was just her name. And I'm like, well, that's my spouse, just like anybody else's. And I even put it, I'm pretty sure I put it on there, like her name, my name, like who she was, my plus one. Small things like that, I guess, are just kind of irritating, not necessarily detrimental or anything, but it's something that we're moving forward and I did bring it up to someone like, hey, this is just, you know, this is what I noticed during the ceremony. My wife had just her name and everybody else had Mrs. So-and-so. And they were like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize. And now they just became aware. And I think that's good that that's we're at that point now in life where we can just have the conversation and make people aware. And they could just accept it and just say, you know what, I didn't think about that. Now I know. And now I can now, now I can include those people whenever I do do another ceremony or anything else, right? And make sure that they're being more inclusive than just narrow-minded. This is how it always was. Even just a simple, let me ask Sergeant Godoy who this person is. Um, that would have been nice, you know, but I think we're moving in the right direction. Oh, yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Aaron, did, did you see any of your friends struggle? I did. I did. It was one of those things, uh, thankfully, I, I attribute, uh, I don't want to say being naive or whatever, but growing up, we never really focused on people's races or 
sexual orientation or anything like that. You were just, you, you were just Jay. You were just Matthew. You were just Erica. You, that's, that's who you are, whatever you did. Cool. Fine. We, we like you for who you are. So coming into the military, uh, was jarring for sure. Cause you kind of see how other people are raised and how they feel about certain things. And it's, it's, it's frustrating, but yeah, definitely when it came to, uh, the don't ask, don't tell, I, I, had friends that I, I suspected, you know, but again, I, it didn't bother me. I didn't care, but it was, it's still one of my favorite stories is the, the day that it was repealed. One of my very best friends that I worked with, I was working at a different section at the time at McDill. I worked at the hazmat. So, uh, he, the shift started at seven and at like, I want to say like seven eighteen, he walked through my door. He's like, I have something to tell you. I was like, Oh, what do you got? I, didn't know if we were like going to get together oh, yeah. for like a lunch or something like that. He's like, and he paused and I was just like, uh Oh, he's like, I'm gay. I'm like, okay. And then you just kind of see it on people's faces when they kind of give you that information. They're just waiting to see how you're going to react to it. And I think that's one of, I don't know. It's like a self-identified gift is just cool. Okay. And I think that's what's, allowed me to be a, a successful ally is just, I I'm capable of having those conversations with people because it, it does, it happens a lot. Like ever since then, I think that's how I've surrounded myself with such great people is just uh, cool. All right. Tell me about it. Like, are you excited? Like it's, it's been repealed. Like n now what? And then just after that, he kind of like went and told everybody and his, his roommate was surprised, which was strange, but, um, yeah. So I, I can't necessarily think of a struggle, but it was, it was frustrating and it was kind of heartbreaking watching my friends that you kind of suspect. I, like I said, I didn't, I didn't care. I didn't ask, but watching them kind of go through things or you hear the things that people say behind their back and you kind of try to go to bat for them. But at the same time, you don't, you don't want out them minus the guy you work with, Matthew, sorry, jerk. But <laughs> yeah. So personally, no, I can't think of a, a, a struggle personally, but seeing it uh, as an outsider was, was heartbreaking at times. Oh yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I know Sergeant Godoy, you wanted to mention one thing that you had been in for and uh, what was it in 2015, 2016, we decided, or when I say we, I mean the air force, the military decided that they would allow transgender individuals to members, sorry, members to transition even while in the military. Yeah, that did happen. I think, I mean, I guess I didn't think anything of it. I was just like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, it makes sense. I guess then when it was taken away, it did that didn't make sense to me because, you know, people come in and I mean, everyone's, everyone has their own opinion. They... You know, you can, you can stand by your opinion. That's okay. Just my point of view is I think those members are just as capable of doing their job just like anybody else. Sure, they say the medical part of it. There's other airmen that have medical issues that would prevent them from maybe deploying or give some, put some kind of barriers. But I think ultimately at the end of the day, if that airman is capable of performing their duties, I don't see how that's how that's wrong um, but it was taken it was the ban was I guess reinitiated but now people are open or it's opened again to uh, allow transgender individuals to serve 
come in. Um, and like we talked about earlier, like that's kind of like a, that's an up and down, a lot of emotions for, I think the community, for me personally, it kind of just makes me feel like we're people to play around with, I guess. Spendable. Yeah. And yeah, it does kind of feel like we're not valued as much and we're just like, let's accept them. Let's not accept them. Cause I am part of the community, you know? And I did fear like what, if they're going to come for transgender individuals, are they going to come for same sex couples as well? Are they going to come for the entire community? What's going to happen next? I really genuinely feared that. And I think that also correlates to just anybody that's different from you, that's going through something and speaking up when you see something that's wrong, like being that ally, you know, being, being that ally to anybody, right? It doesn't have to be the LGBTQ plus community. It doesn't have to be just for the people of color, just anyone that's different from you. I have a poster in my office and I don't know it verbatim, but it was something like they came for the Jewish people and I didn't speak up. They came for these people. I didn't speak up. They came for that person. I didn't speak up. Then they came for me and there was no one to speak up for me. And I feel like that's kind of what this is. Um, we're all different and everyone just wants to be treated equally. Everyone wants to be viewed and highlighted for just being themselves. And yeah, that's, I guess that's why I did want to bring that up because it is a roller coaster for the community. And sometimes we don't know what's going to happen and we do need those allies. Like, no, I'm not in that situation, but I could see how that's messed up and I won't stand for that. You know, I think on that same token, there's also one of the things that we have, I've noticed myself is that there's so much misinformation out there or people misunderstanding what the policy is and what is it and isn't covered. So people just make their assumptions. They're like, well, why don't I get to do that? Or why, why do, why do those people get this thing? So it's, they don't take the five, 10 minutes to read a regulation or read the informa information that's been put out in like those small guides and things like that. And they just make these bold assumptions and then they right. stick to it. Yeah. So it, it, it's just, it's confusing to try and navigate through all everybody's cause it's a very emotional topic. People are very fired up about these things and trying to keep the conversation civil, but educate at the same time because people just don't understand until they're in the community or they are an ally or things like that. And please correct me if I come off inappropriate, not inappropriate, but I think you know what I mean. Um, I remember when the transgender military members to serve in the, uh, in the military, I remember I was AETC at the time. So immediately we go into academic mind. How will this work? Will they be able to use the same restrooms as the men's room or the women's room? Well, we need to find other rest. Like we didn't know how any of it worked and I, it wasn't us trying to be ignorant. It was just us trying to make sure that everyone felt comfortable, but it is, is it more comfortable to have to go to another restroom in a different building because we couldn't put any more restrooms in our building. We didn't know how to handle some of that. So it was, it was a challenge. It was a unique challenge and it's good to be challenged for sure. Um, I know that when we were at McDill, there was a young woman that, was in the process of transitioning, transitioning. Thank you. Transitioning into being a male. And I knew another person who I think has successfully finished the process. I worked yeah. with them at another, or I worked with him at another location. Just, I don't want to oust them. I don't think they care at this point because 
they've gone through everything. But I think that was a challenge because when he was in the process of becoming a male, and I think for the, the individual at McDill as well, they decided, no, never mind. We know we said last year, we're going to let you do this. But a new regime has come in and said, no, we're not going to let you do this. Yeah. So what happens to them? And like you were mentioning, the whole community was probably a little bit shaken. We've been making positive forward improvements over the last century, for the most part, I'd say. We've been making more more positive strides than not. Don't ask about gas prices. But overall, <laughs> with a lot of other things, we've been making positive strides. And this was the first major reversal. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that was at least in the military, that was kind of a huge thing that the civilian sector also kind of rallied around. Like, hey, what are you guys doing? We get it, but you can't reverse something quite that, for the most for for the most part, permanent. A permanent life change that that person is wanting to make, that they feel that they need to make to be whole. And now you're telling them, cool, you can do that, but not on our dime. And now you got to get out. Right. Um, I think, I mean, I see that from two different perspectives, right? I see it from EO, and someone might maybe feeling that they were discriminated against. Sure. And then also me just being a part of the community. I think that was a tough time because you're like, well, what do, what does happen to those people? If they have concerns, are they being discriminated? I don't know, but we have policies that we have to go by, and that's really what we use to navigate that. There was a lot of questions both for me professionally and personally, I think that's when I started worrying, personally started worrying about the community in itself. Like, are they going to go back and do don't ask, don't tell? Like, it, it was something that I guess I never thought I would have to go through. Um, and then to think we're going back in time was kind of just very unrealistic in my mind. It was just like, what is happening yeah, with that. And I think that's how we, during that time, also pride became, it wasn't a special observance anymore. So all these things happening, it just made it feel like I wasn't included. And it definitely made me feel like, yeah, not included in the Air Force, which is really crazy because, you know, a lot of people join the Air Force for schools or to travel. I literally joined the Air Force because I felt that I had to serve my country uh, my parents are, I'm first generation, my parents are from different countries, so I really felt that the things that we have in this country, the freedom that we have in this country is due to really our military and what we stand for in the Air Force or in the, in America overall. So when this happened, I just felt very not, in, like not included, like I've given my whole career, everything to dedicate myself to something I believe in. And it's kind of like they're returning what they're back on me. So it was just definitely really scary. Um, but I think we're moving in a new, better direction now. I think one of the things you brought up about the, the questions or the policies and how things are going to be handled, one of the things that people didn't really see or recognize when the whole policy changed the original time allowing transitioning members in the military there was, a, I believe it was like a 117-page document that was released that talks about all sorts of scenarios, like individuals being on a ship and mm. birthing and like restroom use and things like that. There was a lot of information that was put out, and it was readily available, especially in the Air Force. There was an entire tab on the Air Force portal dedicated to 
transitioning uh, members of the military. So, and I spend a while in Reddit just to kind of be a little bit more versed on the situation. And that was kind of when they explained what was and wasn't covered and how situations would be handled and when you could change like your gender marker and deers. So there was a lot of those questions that people were making assumptions on that were explained in great detail. And that was one of the things that I tried to focus on was doing the education piece. So people kind of were like, oh, wait, no, that that's a thing or they're not getting paid to do that. And it's like, yeah, like five, 10 minutes and you could have perused it and you would have been able to answer some of those questions that you had. No, that's good to know. I, I didn't even know that the, the AFI or the DAFI, whatever, whatever's probably not the right word, but I didn't even know there was a document that came out that was readily available. I think we were so focused on trying to fix things right away and make sure that we are ready as far as being a detachment, being fully inclusive to whoever walked through the door, but just like you said, wanting to do it, but not knowing that there could have been an answer. And maybe before that, we jumped the gun before that even came out, to be honest, because as soon as they said, this is what's going to happen, we were like, how do we make it happen? How do we make sure everyone feels included? But sometimes, and I'm very impulsive sometimes, just ask everyone working on the mass sergeant release party with me. I just want to go. I want to make sure it's good, and hopefully we get it done. But sometimes I do need to slow down, and I think... I think it's good that we're pushing forward with so many things, but sometimes we do need to slow down. That's why you have your EO office to help. <laughs> <laughs> we were we were a detachment, so we've definitely felt detached in yeah, our own okay. way, and we did tend to not use base agencies unless it was medical or something, finance. But that was just us being stubborn and holier than thou, even though we were not. We didn't really think that, but we were maintenance, but we were instructors. We had that T prefix, so it was a little it was a little different. We are not better than anyone else, but we felt better than we probably really did feel better than a lot of the maintainers, <laughs> if we're being honest. We had our own air conditioned building, we only had to go out of the flight line when we were teaching, and we were in Florida, so right there that should say everything about how good we had it. <laughs> it's also a very delicate situation no matter what you're dealing with and trying to be inclusive and supportive but not at the same time being so inclusive or so supportive that they feel like they're being treated differently. Yes. Because nobody in the community really wants to be treated differently. We want to be treated just like everybody else. So it's trying to kind of walk that fine line. And that's something that even I struggle with. And my time in the military is just treating everybody the same and not sure. being too supportive to the point where they feel like, oh, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah, and between, between the two of you too, just the last couple of years myself I've had many conversations with friends and coworkers and just kind of people in passing that I've met that a few of them said that they they're just they want to get out because they don't feel like their lifestyles are inclusive because now we have the individuals that um, uh, their lifestyle was polyamorous and they didn't feel like the military was supporting them because they they were open and they didn't mind telling people about it but people were just very kind of standoffish and certain airmen that came to me felt that they were being treated different after they had kind of presented that information to certain people and their leadership and they kind of got moved around and and it, it was is disheartening like like you said majority of people the younger generation they they don't mind telling you 
what their sexual orientation is or how they live their life and they're proud of it and they just they they just want to be themselves and then they still kind of get this flack about it and it forces some of our friends and family and coworkers to to want to leave the the military sooner same with uh i'll say friend friend that uh was transgender Uh, she transitioned to a man but she kind of fell into that weird timing where the military is like yeah 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 we support you do it and then no never mind just kidding and so she she ended up leaving and well he i should say he uh is now much happier and doing very well and is very smart and driven and is probably going to be a millionaire so a little bit jealous but still yeah one of the things you brought up that i I always find really interesting is that they're they don't feel their lifestyle is compatible with the military yeah. Which is a very valid point because if you look at like the UCMJ, mm-hmm. it clearly dictates what is and isn't allowed when it comes to adultery. Right. Which in the military's eyes, polyamory is adultery. So it's interesting to see how the definitions of those articles and stuff have changed over the years, especially yeah. when Donuts Don't Tell was repealed and things like that, how long those things take to change. And it definitely makes things difficult when you're trying to navigate being your authentic self and then the culture that is the military and then even on a lower level just trying to fit in with your shop I what else you got to bring up i think something to bring up is that because you know you said you want to do some you want to quickly make solutions or you want to quickly help or support um, i think it's also okay to not know all the answers right or it's okay to make the mistakes like Female to male, male to female, transitioning, transgender, cis male, cis female, being polygamous, right? Or being whatever, all these terms that we do have in the community, I think it's okay to not know, right? And I think it's okay to have that conversation with those people, um, just anybody, anybody you don't know, just have a conversation with someone and just say, hey, I'm sorry, like, I'm not educated on this, but can you explain this to me? I don't see there's any fault in that if it comes from a good heart, um, and you really just want to know rather than just attack someone or come at someone sideways. <laughs> I think it's okay. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. And it's definitely like there's lots of things that are very interesting and confusing to me. Um, I th- I think I have a very open mind and I know there's always more to learn. So it's always good to know. Yeah, it's okay to slow it down. I guess my question is, do you have any any tips tactics or tax or yeah tactics that you would use or tell someone who because some people let's just put it so like some of us are maintainers some of us are very blunt is that okay sometimes to just be blunt or does I mean maybe it's just know your audience know how you can address somebody I mean never trying to attack necessarily but you know I don't know I didn't know polygamy I mean actually I did know polygamy was stated in UCMJ that 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 is a punish, punishable offense. There's other things I didn't realize. Is there, do you have any Are you asking like if advice? there's a, yeah, an advice or tactic that people that want to get to know you, but maybe don't want to be offensive, like how, how would you prefer somebody approached you? Yeah, because I would never just come up to you and be like, hi, I'm Erica, I'm straight. Like, <laughs> like awesome. I, then you shouldn't, and you shouldn't necessarily <laughs> have to be like, hi, I'm me and I'm not straight. I'm gay. I'm, I'm. That's transitioning. Good. I'm yeah. doing whatever I'm doing. That's me. So yeah. kind of with come that. Up to you. So you're gay. Tell me about that. <laughs> so that one of the thing, if you notice the way that we as humans talk to each other, we use a lot of 
gendered terms. And it's very simple things that we can make as changes. Even when it comes to like with the inclusion of pronouns now allowed in signature blocks. Yeah. Because you have those cultural names that you can't tell by reading. So it's changing the way we ask the question like, oh, you're married. How's your wife? It's like, oh, you're married. Like, how's your spouse? Changing the way they talk or saying, how are they instead of how is he or she? Because they is a non-gendered term. I could ask, how is your airman doing or how are they doing and using a name? And that's something simple that anybody can do when you're not going to make somebody feel excluded just by using language. Yeah, right. I think that is something that has been brought up to me numerous times where I've heard people question, like, how do I address that person that does want to transition? Do I address them as sir, ma'am, especially if they don't agree? Like, I don't know if they have religious beliefs that don't agree with that person's uh, transition. I have had people come to me and ask me, how do, how do I address that situation? And like he just said, just name and rank, right? You don't have to say anything, really. You don't have to say sir, ma'am. You could just say name and rank. Also, I think with that question, what tools, I think it's a two-way street. I think, one, if you, like I said, if you do make a mistake, apologize and ask, right? Sure. And just say, just just say, hey, I'm sorry, I didn't know. Like, can you like, can you explain that better to me? And also for the other person to have patience, right? Like, this is something that takes a long time for people to understand. It's changed, right? With anything that's changing, it takes some time for people to adjust. So rather than getting upset and maybe going off on someone, just like, hey, be more understanding. Like, this person made a mistake. Let me explain to them what I know, right? And then people will be more receptive to that change rather than just want to deflect. Yeah. Well, I don't want to take up too much more of your guys' time. I think we hit on all the topics for the most part you guys were hoping to share today, but I would like to give you each a chance just to kind of leave the listeners with any parting words. So for me, and it's not specifically to being part of the community, but it's just live your life authentically as you. Don't worry about what other people think. Just be yourself. At the end of the day, if you hide who you are, whether it's something interesting you like or who you love or anything of that nature, you're going to feel so much better when you don't have to hide it anymore. So just be authentically you. Thanks. Great. You should have gone last. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I just path. You don't have to, again, we'll just emphasize, you don't have to be part of the community necessarily. You can absolutely be an ally. Community is definitely welcome. Um, any age, race, sexual orientation, please come out. Hit us up on Facebook. Come join us. We do have activities coming up. I guess we should talk about that. Oh, yes. We do have activities. So we're going to have the Pride Run, the color run that we had last year. Apparently, a lot of people loved it. I think I was sick that day. Yeah, I don't think I saw you out there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so people really liked it. So, yes, we're going to be having that on the 10th of this month so it's coming up really quickly bust out my t-rex costume again yes you'll see surgeon Fields in her (laughs) t-rex costume i saw that last year (laughs) (laughs) i need to see it and then we're also gonna have a panel at the end of the month so we're towards the end of the month on the 23rd of june um and then yeah we have our podcast right now that we're having sure um but i guess the last things i want to leave people with is that you have support Right. Like sometimes it's it's hard to be authentically yourself. Right. 
if you like Dungeons and Dragons, just, you know, there's a group that likes Dungeons and Dragons. Don't be afraid, you know? Um, And I think that's also something for Fairchild, the Fairchild One Clubs. There's something for everyone. There's rock climbing, there's path, there's coding, coding, which I always wanted to go. I just need to get in contact with them. But yeah, there's things that you might not know that you enjoy, right? Even just being an ally to those individuals. Um, yeah, just be there, be authentically yourself. And if you see someone else that's different from you or have different opinions from you, just have an open mind and an open heart, not to agree with them, but just to hear them and hear their struggles or challenges and how can I help you, right? And then that person will do that same thing for you, hopefully. Thanks for having us too, Sergeant Northam. Yes, thank you. Yeah, glad all three of you were able to make it out. Again, thank you guys so much for taking some time out of your day. I know, Matthew, your day is about to start. Everybody else's day is almost over. But really appreciate you being a little bit vulnerable, just kind of sharing something about you. I know we have, what, Unity in the Community and 31 Days of yes. Me coming up soon yeah. too. Yes. So it's it's a good segue into all the all the things that we have coming up really really soon with the pride run your panel and then getting into starting july or else august when unity in the community august 5th, august 5th. Yes, and just all the things that that allow you or should allow you to be okay like matthew said being your authentic self so we look forward to the run Look forward to T-Rex, T-Rex Fields. <laughs> we look forward to the panel. We look forward to all the events. Unity in the community is going to be huge. I probably will be having some of them on very, very soon to talk about this epic event that's coming our way. Yeah, it will be an alternate duty location, boop, I'm pretty boop. sure. Yes. It's it happening. Yes. It's yes. happening. Yes. It was signed. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, it will be an alternate duty location August 5th. So, keep an eye out for that. But... Again, thank you guys for coming out. And for my listeners, you guys have a spectacular day. Thank you. Thank you. All right, team, that wraps up another episode of Refill Team Fairchild. If you guys have any stories you'd like to share on the podcast or maybe know anyone that does have stories that they'd like to share, please let us know. You can reach us at 92foxtrotsierrasierra.foxtrotsierradeltapapa.fairchildcharliealphaalpha.us.af.mil. And until next time, we'll see you then.